Happy Hump Day, fellow Patriots. Big hug to all of y'all. Welcome to Open Source News. Sometimes if you give people enough time, they will show their true colors. Not that Liz Cheney hasn't showed her true colors, but this puts her squarely in liberal Democrat territory. It's, It's amazing to think that Liz Cheney actually had a pretty conservative voting record before she went all TDS on us because, you know, she's for the warmongering family that's very much entrenched in establishment republicanism. But check this out. What's a family of warmongers? What is a family besides the Cheneys that epitomizes the neocon warmongering? Well, if you... Think about it. It's going to be pretty easy to conclude that if we're not talking about the Cheneys, we must be talking about the Bushes. Well, here's what we have here. The Jenna Bush Hager, the daughter of George W. Bush, was on NBC. And she, uh, I don't know if it was sincere tears or crocodile tears, but she goes, I have a friend in Nashville, so I knew one of the little girls who was nine. What are the chances of that? I don't know. But okay. She says she knew one of the girls that was nine. That's sad. Who went to school yesterday and who didn't get to come home. So when Henry, I'm guessing it's her husband, came home from work, I said, did you see this? I had to whisper because I have a nine-year-old who is doing homework. We have worried about giving our kids we are worried about giving our kids Judy Bloom and other books that are important to history, to the fabric of our country. And we aren't worried about sending our kids to school where they're not safe. Okay, first of all, we are worried about giving our kids Judy Bloom and other books that are important to, to the history. When is Judy Bloom books important to history? I don't know. Maybe she meant we're worried about giving our kids Judy Bloom books and books that are important in history. I don't know. But the point is, she's saying we shouldn't be worried about books that our kids are reading at school. We should be worried about their safety. What does that have to do with Liz Cheney? Well, Liz Cheney tweeted yesterday, Thank you, Jenna Bush Hager, for making this point today. If we really want to keep our children safe, we need to spend less time banning books and more time stopping the horrific gun violence in our schools. Spoken like a true Democrat, Liz Cheney, every time she gets the chance to open her pie hole, just as exposes herself more and more. All right, folks, the J6 panel is getting pummeled by Representative Barry Loudermilk, who has a bone to pick. As I reported in the past, Loudermilk, uh, Loudermilk, Representative Barry Loudermilk from Georgia, a Republican, led a tour on January 5th of family and friends that were in town on that day. It wasn't a reconnaissance tour, had nothing to do with President Trump, had nothing to do with an insurrection. It was just a tour. But the the J6 panel knowingly peddled false information about him, not once, but twice, even after he was cleared of doing it. And now he's got a bone to pick and he wants to fully expose the sham January 6th committee. Georgia Republican Representative Barry Loudermilk is pushing back on the political narrative 
of House Democrats' January 6th committee, claiming the panel knew he didn't lead a reconnaissance tour of the Capitol building on January 5th, but continued to publicly peddle the story anyway. Now, we know this was a House Democrat committee. Nancy Pelosi formed it, did not allow any of Kevin McCarthy's people to be on there. He was the uh, the House Republican minority leader at the time. She kicked off Jim Jordan and others. And then she picked the people she wanted, the aforementioned Liz Cheney, who we've now exposed for the umpteenth time as actually a Democrat. And sobbing, whining, always crying, easily gets hurt feelings. And both of these, by the way, no longer in politics, Adam Kinzinger. Loudermilk, chairman of the subcommittee on oversight for the House Administration Committee, said that the House Select Committee on January 6th should formally apologize to the visitors who were wrongfully accused of participating in a reconnaissance tour on January 5th. Now, these people have been harassed. I hope you watched the, or listened to Juniorette, BCP Juniorette, that's my oldest daughter, who reports over on her sister channel on YouTube called the BCP Report. Over on that channel, she reports the news, uh, does not give any commentary. But she reported yesterday on on the show how Jim Jordan exposes the nefarious nasty tactics of the IRS actually visiting witnesses and people testifying to Congress. I mean, this is like worse than Lois or just as bad as Lois Lerner Obama days. Oh, you're going to you're going to uh, give the truth to. Republicans and the House, we're going to threaten you and we're going to scare you as the IRS. Total banana republic tactics. And that's what happened here to the guests of Representative Loudermilk as he gave them the tour. Quote, I do think the January 6th committee, the individuals on it, ought to apologize to every one of the people that came to visit me that day because some of them, their lives have been altered because of this. I don't know if they're going to going to be able to clean up the damage that's been done to some of them on social media. But I do, th- do think the January 6th committee owes an apology. Milk said the group he was showing around the Capitol office buildings included family, friends, and other individuals that the family friends had while in Washington, D.C. So these are family friends, right? This is just they were, they were in D.C. and he gave them a tour. Those people were subject to death threats as a result of the allegations. He said one of the visitors whom he declined to identify, told him he might not be able to work in the U.S. again after the ordeal. I don't know if it's the U.S. or the U.S. Capitol. This is an article at Just the News. In June of 2021, federal agents visited two members of his group about the tour, even though they had no evidence that anything nefarious or suspicious was done. Now, the January 6th committee investigators interviewed those two people in April and May, and they were cleared, yet the federal agents still went and visited them in June. The visitors never entered the Capitol building, either during the tour on January 5th, because the Capitol was closed, as uh, on January 6th. They were on the grounds, but they did not enter the Capitol building. But they found credit card data and realized that the two individuals 
were there in the area on January 5th, so they went and harassed them. Now, their interview with the federal agents cleared them of anything, yet on May 19, 2022, the J6 committee publicly released a letter to Loudermick claiming that it had evidence that he gave such a tour the day before the January 6th Capitol riot. The next year after these people were cleared by federal agents and investigators, the January 6th committee still tried to pull, push the false narrative that something nefarious was doing and these people's lives and livelihoods have been threatened. Luckily, Loudermilk is now on and part of the committee, the oversight committee, and he's got a bone to pick. He says one of the main goals of his committee's investigation is to compile a final report countering the one released last year by the Democrats' January 6th committee. Quote, I don't want to do a Hollywood production like they did. I want to bring out the the, the facts. We're, we're just going to look at it. The American people deserve the truth, right? No. No, they don't deserve the truth. Even though they were trying to protect the truth. What am I talking about? We're, we're coming to find out that the DHS heavily redacted disinformation board emails. Even though the DHS said they had nothing to hide. Folks, th- this episode, I only literally have like four stories for you. You can bow out now because what we're talking about are corrupt government agencies caught in the act, including John Durham, better late than never. I don't know about that. Smoking gun conspiracy proof. But we'll get to that in a second. When the existence of the Disinformation Governance Board burst into public view, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas said there was nothing sinister to hide and claimed the office was rooted in best practices. We also know Alejandro Mayorkas is a bold-faced liar saying that they have secured the border when they have done anything but. It's just become a big welcoming center for illegal immigration. And somehow the Republicans and the House still hasn't gotten around to impeaching him. A year later, Mayorkas' department is refusing to let Americans see most of the legal justification and talking points it created to defend the now-disbanded board from blowback. We're talking about the Ministry of Truth, the Disinformation Governance Board. More than 100 pages of internal communication between the board's former executive director, Nina Jankowitz, and her staff were released with heavy redactions to the conservative nonprofit Citizens United. What little is visible makes clear the DHS underestimated the, the negative reaction the board would provoke and was scrambling to find ways to keep the story from being pushed by hostile news outlets. If the government's doing the right thing, what would they care what Fox News has to say? Or Newsmax or News Nation or OAN or the BCP media group? I, I assure you they weren't concerned about us. So for instance, one of the Questions is, how does DHS define misinformation? The answer to that question is redacted. The answer to a basic question, how does DHS define disinformation, was redacted. As were simple questions like, what does DHS consider to be irregular migration? That's redacted. These are questions of policy, and even though the lying rat bastard 
Mayorkas, who hates the Constitution, hates our borders, said that they were transparent, had nothing to hide. They literally have redacted tons of things here. That's all you need to know. I can go into lots of detail about this, but they are trying to hide what the Disinformation Governance Board was all about. The irony is beyond belief. All right, let's get into the Durham bombshell. Better late than never, special counsel John Durham just revealed smoking gun evidence. And this is a text message that shows that the Clinton campaign lawyer lied to the FBI and John Durham has just put the courts on notice. He is prepared to show the efforts to smear Donald Trump with the now disproven Russian collusion allegations was in fact a conspiracy. Took you long enough, John Durham. This would have been very helpful. Oh, I don't know. Two or three years ago, over two years ago, would have been helpful. In a bombshell filing late Monday night, Durham for the first time suggested Hillary Clinton's campaign, her researchers and others formed a, quote, joint venture or conspiracy, end quote, for the purpose of weaving the collusion story to harm Trump's election chances and then the start of his presidency. What we all know to be true John Durham is finally going to put into court. These parties acted as joint venturers and therefore should be considered as co-conspirators. Durham also revealed he has unearthed a text message showing Hillary Clinton campaign lawyer Michael Sussman falsely told the FBI he was not working on behalf of any client when he delivered now discredited anti-Trump research in the lead up to the 2016 election. In fact, he was working for the Clinton campaign and another client prosecutors say. We know this, but Durham is revealing that he has unearthed a text message proving what we all know to be true. The existence of the text message between Sussman and then FBI General Counsel James Baker was revealed in this court filing late Friday night. Prosecutors say they intend to show Sussman gave a false story to the FBI, but then told the truth about working on behalf of the Clinton campaign when he later testified to Congress. Here's the text. Jim, it's Michael Sussman. I have something time-sensitive and sensitive I need to discuss. That's what he texted Baker on September 18, 2016. Do you have availability for a short meeting tomorrow? I'm coming on my own, not on behalf of a client or company. Wanted to help the Bureau. Thanks. John Durham and his team of prosecutors said the text message will become essential evidence at trial to show Sussman lied to the FBI. Quote, the defendant, this is from the filing. Quote, the defendant lied in that meeting, falsely stating that the general counsel, that he was not providing the allegations to the FBI on behalf of any client, the Durham motion said. In fact, the defendant had assembled and conveyed the allegations to the FBI on behalf of at least two specific clients, including a technology executive at a U.S.-based internet company and the Clinton campaign. And then, of course, I noted that a year later, Sussman identified admitted he had made the FBI approach at the instruction of his client. Durham also told the court he plans to present evidence that Sussman worked with the Clinton campaign, tech executive Rodney Jaffa, that's the tech executive one in the filing, 
and others and a joint venture. This is these are these are Durham's words. Joint venture to promote a now disproven story that Donald Trump had a secret computer channel at the Moscow-based Alpha Bank with the Kremlin to hijack the election. The evidence of a joint venture or conspiracy will establish, according to Durham and company, that in November 2016, soon after the presidential election, tech executive emailed a colleague stating, I was tentatively offered to top I was tentatively offered the top cybersecurity job by the Democrats when it looked like they'd win. In sum, the special counsel concludes the above evidence, public information, and expected testimony clearly established by a preponderance of evidence that the defendant and tech executive one worked in concert with each other and with agents of the Clinton campaign to research to research and disseminate the Russian bank allegations. Now, uh, Mr. Patel, who worked with uh, Devin Nunes uh, to uncover this whole thing, has said, this is Cash Patel, said the new filing by Durham is one of the most significant in the entire investigation to date. Quote, Durham has just shown the whole world what major pieces of our Russiagate investigation revealed. Hard evidence, emails, text messages showing the Clinton campaign, Fusion GPS, Perkins Coie, Jaffa, and the media were all synced in August of 2016, pushing the false Alpha Bank server story while also working on the Steele dossier matter. Durham submits all this evidence as joint venture conspiracy under the rules of evidence. Of course, that's the good news that the smoking bun is a uh, smoking gun. Smoking bun, I must be hungry. <laughs> Maybe it's breakfast time. The smoking gun comes way too late, unfortunately. What we've seen is that nothing has come of Durham's work. It's too late. It proves after the fact what we already know. By the way, I want to end with these last irony stories. Michigan Democratic Governor Gretchen Whitmer has 3.1 million likes and 201,900 followers on TikTok. Despite the state banning use of the app on official devices earlier this week. If you recall, I reported here she was exempted from TikTok use because her device is not hooked up to the government Wi-Fi and is on a secure device. So she gets to be a popular TikToker even though the state has banned the use on official devices. But she's exempt. I mean, they don't even try to hide their tyrant and their love for China. But federally, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy said that Congress will move forward with the legislation to ban TikTok because, of course, China is accessing uh, U.S. user data. It's very concerning that the CEO of TikTok can't be honest and admit what we already know to be true. China has access to TikTok user data, McCarthy tweeted the other day. This is after TikTok CEO Chu testified last week. The House will be moving forward with legislation to protect Americans from the technological tentacles of the Chinese Communist Party. Folks, what's also 
strong here is that Mark Warner, on that same day, he is a Democrat from Virginia, said that the White House is actually, quote, very in favor of the bipartisan bill, of his bipartisan bill, that would give the Com- the Commerce Department the power to review and ban TikTok. As a reminder, it's not just in Michigan. Most states have now taken action to ban the platform on state-owned devices and it's also banned on most federal devices. And of course, FBI Director Christopher Wray said that TikTok's parent company was subject to data requests from the Chinese government and that the app poses a U.S. national security risk. Unfortunately, it's hard to take serious anything that Christopher Wray says when given all of the leftist violence we're seeing, they're still pushing the false narrative that parents concerned and about what's going on in their schools and, of course, Patriots concerned about the non-constitutional actions of the alphabet agencies make us a domestic terror threat. I say us because I am also concerned about the unconstitutional actions and the overreach of educators over our children. All right, folks, do me a solid. If you appreciate these reports, hit like, share, and subscribe. And don't forget to check out the aforementioned sister channel we have here on YouTube, the BCP Report. Also, check out my other show, BCP Unfiltered. You can catch it over at therealbcp.com or bcpextras.com or in podcast format at bcppodcast.com. Please receive a big hug. Ciao, goodbye, God bless. I will be traveling today, but I will have more reporting for you much later uh, in the day today. So make sure that you press the notification bell if you're on YouTube. I shall be back much later. Until then, ciao, goodbye. God bless.